Welcome to the Tiny Human Math Teacher Podcast. Welcome back. So today we are going to be discussing games in math. So I want to discuss digital games and I guess I don't want to say old-fashioned, but paper games, games that don't require any digital resources. So first I want to dive into digital games. What I like to do is for each topic or standard that I'm covering, I like to find a set of digital or online games that go with the topic and that can provide my students with extra practice. So for example, when I'm doing multiplication, I will typically use a lot of games from multiplication.com because they have a lot of games that go with the standards that I'm teaching. I also have found other games depending on what topic. So a lot of times I will just search the internet for multiplication games or geometry games or whatever I'm looking for. And I make sure before I pick a game though, I play it myself to A, make sure it's appropriate and to B, make sure it's actually covering the standard and it's not just a game. So for example, one of the cool games I found is called Geotombs. And in Geotombs, students are working with area and perimeter and they can pick whether they want to do area and perimeter or both. But then what happens is it's kind of like an Indiana Jones scenario where you're exploring a tomb as an explorer and there are chests that you can open. But the chests are either the area or perimeter of the shape that's given. So it'll give a rectangle and it will say, what is the area? Students have to calculate the area of the rectangle and then they have to find the chest with the correct answer. And then they can open that chest to earn coins um, and they can earn dynamite to blow up things and open chests or to get through obstacles. And it's something that my students really enjoyed. And they had to consistently solve perimeter and area problems, but they were playing. And that's what I love about games is if you pick a good educational game, your students are just going to think they're playing. They're not going to realize that they're actually doing math and applying math to their games. So that's why I really like to incorporate digital games. And there are so many different digital games and we have a huge internet database of them to find. So again, just make sure when you're searching, you're being clear and concise about the what you're searching for and make sure you are playing the games first to make sure they are, are appropriate and they match what your students are learning. And then the most important that though is giving your students time to play games. So typically I do a math rotational setting, um, but one of my rotations is computer time, and that's where they get to play those games. So typically, I put them on Google Classroom, and they can just click on the assignment. It has all the links to all the games that I've chosen, and then they can practice those games during that time. 
Another game that I love is Prodigy. I think it is a great tool for practicing math skills. In Prodigy, students get to make their own player. They get a house. They get to earn things for their house. They get to earn pets. And it's like a battle scenario, which is really cool. So what happens is, as a teacher, I can go in and I can assign um, like plans or tests that the students can do based on the standards. So they have all the standards in there. And so whatever, you know, state or grade level you're in, you can pick the standards to match. And then you can send those assignments out and you can choose how long you want the students to work on them. So like you do like one week or two weeks, but you can align them with whatever you're teaching that week. They also have test prep, which for third grade is super important. So they have, you know, Ohio State testing practice that you can pick and it will assign to your students and they can do those activities. But how it works is they have to solve problems to play. So they have to enter a battle and they get to battle each other. So this is cool because they get to battle other students in their classroom. And then they take turn answering questions. And then whoever gets the question right, you get points and you get power-ups to defeat them. Um, So my kids love playing with each other. But the cool thing is, again, they're playing a game, but they're practicing their math skills. And also I like because it gives them multiple chances to answer their problem correctly. And then it shows them and explains how to find the right answer if they continue to get it wrong. So this is really, it's really just a good resource to use. And my students really enjoy it and they love playing it. And again, I leave special time in the day to do that. Or I say, you have to have this amount of assignments done before you can play Prodigy. So that also motivates them to get their work done because they want to go play Prodigy. That's probably the number one educational game that I use in my classroom because I can customize it to what I need. All right, so now let's talk about paper games. So I really like to use games in the classroom for my reviews. I find that just opening the book review and doing it together is very boring, not only for my students, but for me. So I found these games called unlock and it's like unlock summer unlock the rainbow unlock spring and these unlock games I got from a teacher that I follow on Instagram her Instagram is cooties and cuties if you are interested and I want to give her credit because they are really awesome games which you can buy off of teachers pay teachers so I take these games but the cool thing about them is She has pre-made ones, but also you can edit them yourself. So I edit them myself to match the review. I plug my review questions in, but then what happens is they get to solve challenges, which are just a set of problems from the review. But each time they solve a challenge, they get to move on until they end up unlocking whatever it is. So like for doing unlock spring, there's, like seven different challenges and they have to do all the challenges. When they complete the seventh challenge, they unlock spring and they get a certificate and they get candy for unlocking spring. 
But we just make it fun. Each kid gets a game piece. They get to move through their game piece on the board to the next challenge. When they complete one, they move to the next one. And my students love doing this. And it's fun because it has a whole game board that I get to set up on the board and the kids get to use and see. So it's colorful, it's engaging, it's fun. They get to take ownership because they get to move along, but also it allows students to work at their own pace. Oftentimes I find when I'm doing a review, there's a lot of wait time for the students who know what to do. And then the students who don't know what to do feel pressured to rush because the other kids are waiting on them. So by doing this, each kid, you can do them in groups or you can do them individually, but then the kids can work at their own pace and they can solve the challenges and move on at their own pace. And everyone still gets a chance to finish and everyone gets the reward at the end as long as they finish. But this also allows me to check my students' work as they finish and then they don't get to go on to the next challenge until they've got every question right. So if it's not right, I'll give them feedback, send them back to fix, and they'll come back. So it's helping them, you know, practice their math skills and practice problem solving. But it's fun and they are engaged in it. My students often ask me, like, when are we going to do our next unlock game? When are we doing another unlock game? So... I use that as feedback to whether I should keep the game or not keep the game. So I've been doing unlocks for three years now. And every year my students consistently love them. So I'm going to keep doing them until my students tell me not to do them. But anyway, I just wanted to give you a couple of examples of some games that you can do in the classroom. Also, there's always dice games. There's always card games. Um, one game I like to use too is called Blockus, and the students have to problem solve to, it's kind of like Tetris, but on a game board, and they just have game pieces they have to move together and fit together, and it just takes a lot of those critical thinking skills. Um, so board games are great too, or any game that you make or you can create. If you're like me and you're creative and you like to create new things, then create your, go your own thing. I also have done the past like review games where I have buzzers and my students are on teams and they get to like hit their buzzer and they get to answer first. Um, so things like that are also fun games. It doesn't have to be electronic. It doesn't have to be a board game. It can be anything that you make up as a game. I've also seen like bowling where you can create problems and if a student gets a problem right they get to bowl the ball and knock down the bowling pins so that's fun too so there's so many different games out there so I would just recommend researching um, going on Pinterest teachers pay teachers and finding games that your students like and that you find are engaging but also are hitting your standards and are addressing your instruction so to sum up for today, games in the classroom are awesome. They keep your students engaged. They help them to take an interest in their work and what they're doing. And ultimately, they make learning more fun. So thank you again for listening. And I will see you next time on... The Tiny Human Math Teacher Podcast.